back everybody to what the fertility today we have l on with us to share her testimony of over four years of unexplained infertility and how god's timing really brought her to her now family of almost four in a few weeks so welcome al we are absolutely stoked to talk with you today oh thank y'all for having me i appreciate it i'm just gonna say l if you honestly want to just jump in your testimony is amazing and i'm so excited for our listeners to hear it so if you want to just kind of start from the beginning and just jump right in and let us know yeah okay so um my story kind of starts about from honestly the whole thing takes about 10 years, but I won't obviously give you the whole 10 year speech, but it, it takes a while. Uh, so I moved back to Charleston when I was 22 after college and uh, had every intention of moving back, you know, somewhere else. I wasn't going to stay in Charleston. Ended up working in a hotel. And that is where I met my lovely ex husband. And basically, I was 22. And he at the time, honestly, he was married. Uh, but he was like a really good friend. Like he was like the platonic friend you go to for like boy advice, all that stuff. So like, I never really thought of him in that way. And then probably six months in, um, I find out he's getting divorced. Red flag number one, people. And uh, so immediately he started pursuing me. And as someone that has now been divorced, uh, that timeline was way too short. Like he didn't have any time to grieve or anything like that. And I, I think that definitely had a lot to do with the events that happened later. Uh, so we started dating. Uh, a couple months into dating, I got pregnant. And it was a big shock because I was 23. And I will also say, this is, he was 15 years older than me. Okay. So that being said, obviously we had an age gap. So he was late 30s. I was, you know, early mid 20s. I got pregnant. And, you know, that two week wait is always like the worst waiting on the ultrasound, you know, and all that. So we, we get to the ultrasound. I am absolutely terrified because at 23, fresh out of college, like just, well, what do you do? Of course. Uh, so we go to the ultrasound and I find out that there's no fetal pole. So it wasn't viable. So the doctor gave me the option of a DNC or taking the pill. At the time, I was like, well, let's just do the DNC because at least I know it's, it's done. And, you know, it, and I was too afraid to take the pill and then just wait at home. You know, like that is, yeah. We recorded earlier about the pill experience versus DNC and like, wow, what insight to do the DNC because that's scary too. Yeah. Well, I had no idea. I had no clue. Like I really was like, oh, okay, well, let's, you know. So I will say at that point, that DNC was probably one of the most traumatic moments because at the time they did not let him back there. I was there by myself. I like, I can distinctly remember the ceiling color, the wall color. I remember the songs that were playing. I mean, it, it was it. And the staff at the time just had the worst bedside manner. Like you would have thought it was just like an assembly line. I mean, there was just no sort of emotional anything. Like they're just like, okay, so this is what happens. So after that, that was very traumatic. And that kind of started me on this like, Okay. So number one, <laughs> we ended up keep, we kept on dating, eventually got engaged and married. Um, being that he was older, I'm now, you know, mid twenties. Since he was getting closer to 40, I was more like, okay, we need to 
but let's start trying for family. Like, let's do this. Because my fear was, is it would take us, you know, 10 years to get pregnant and then he may be 50. And by that time, you know, my kid's graduating high school when he's 70. And, you know, it just kept going up. And I always wanted to be a young mom too. So we started trying. Uh, Six months into trying, nothing was happening. And, you know, every month, I'm sure is a lot of y'all who are listening know, like, when you get that period, like your heart just sinks. I mean, I would go in the closet every single month and just cry for hours, like every single time. So um, after the six months, I was like, well, since you're older, we, we could probably go and get testing and go do all the, the fertility stuff. So we went to a local place in Charleston and started that process and did my testing and his testing. He was fine. I was good as well, blood panel wise. And he ended up, or not he, <laughs> I ended up doing the dye test, you know, to make sure that like my tubes were open, all that. So I was already kind of in the unexplained group at the clinic. So we started with Clomid. Um, and for those that don't know, Clomid is supposed to kind of help increase uh, the chances of multiples and also just your ovulation and just make your body more ready, more hormones basically to get the egg to where it needs to be. We did a couple rounds of that and that failed. Um, then the next step was IUI. Um, before we did IUI, I will say I had two positive pregnancy tests, but my period started the next day for each one of them. Wow. So, so you think those yeah, were like chemical, chemical? I guess. I mean, I was like, was it the Clomid? Like what, what? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's still to me, like as much as, you know, though I only got to enjoy that 24 hours of being pregnant, like when my period started, I mean, it was just devastated. I mean, to get that, like, Oh, it finally happened. Oh my gosh. You know? And then the next day it was like, well, it's, such it a roller coaster. Yeah, it's such yeah. a roller coaster. It's like this high, high. And then immediately mm-hmm. like the lowest. Yeah. yeah. And it was also one of those, I was like, we, you know, so now we're at three miscarriages basically right now. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, no answer as to what's going on. So we moved towards IUI. And at the time, I want to say IUI was probably like four grand around at that point. Um, you're obviously doing the shots, you're taking the pills, you're doing all, you know, they're trying to track your ovulation, you're making trips back and forth to get tested. Um, both of those rounds failed. <laughs> so it was one of those where, you know, at that point, we had already spent with the COVID and everything, I'd say, you know, 10, 11 grand with all the testing and, you know, no one could explain what was going on. And, you know, and you have all these friends and your family so invested and they're like, well, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. And you just want to like throw them through a window because (laughs) (laughs) unless you've been through it, I mean, like it's so many people don't understand the, the physical, the mental, the strain on your relationships, your body, like everything, you're just running a hundred miles a minute trying to figure out what's wrong because the one thing as a woman you feel like you're supposed to be able to do you're not doing Mm -hmm. so after those two rounds so this is all like in a I'd say like in a two year two and a half year span so we took little breaks in between like the IUI rounds and stuff and we kind of kept trying but weren't trying the next step was IVF um with IVF you know they were I think it was like 20 something grand and at that point we were both kind of like okay let's Mm. So, so at that so at that point in your marriage so you guys have been together how long um, like lord three, uh probably four. 
that was two and a half. I want to say probably four years at that point total. Four with everything. years, three miscarriages, and, Clomid, yep. a couple rounds of IUI. I mean, obviously yep. the strain on the relationship. And now you're about to look into IVF. Yes. Oh, it was lovely. I honestly, like I, I, I put a lot, so much pressure on him. I'll be the first one to admit it. Like I really did. And as much as I was supposed to be leaning on my faith at that point, I just was so angry, you know, and just was like, <sighs> you know, and I was convinced that something maybe went wrong in the DNC and, you know, maybe they took something out or, you know, but like all the tests were normal. I can relate to that so much because like back in November of 2020 was the very first time I had a DNC and that was the baby that had the heartbeat. And since then I've only had those chemical pregnancies Mm -hmm. and I'm like, wait, why am I getting less further? But I, you know, I had the exact (laughs) same feeling. Yeah. Like I was like, there's something could have happened in there. Like, and it was such an assembly line, you know, like they didn't walk me through the process. Like they just were like, okay go recover, you know, so I would have never known. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so we looked into IVF, um, kind of like you cat, which is interesting. So when I found out it was like 20 grand for IVF, I was like, you know, I felt like an adoption was calling to me and I was like, maybe we should look into this, you know, because at least with adoption, if I'm paying, you know, 20, 25 grand, I'm going to have, I, I know I'm going to have a child as opposed to just risking all that money. So we ended up finding an international adoption agency. And at this point too, like, I didn't care if it was a baby, a two-year-old, a five-year-old, like at this point, I just wanted my family. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted my family at this point. So we found an international adoption agency that my pastor had used to have a couple of his kids. And we started that process in like the countries we were looking at, uh, Costa Rica, Panama, Brazil, and, uh, Honduras, I want to say were like the four. Uh, and we were trying to stay in this hemisphere because for those that don't know, international adoption, a lot of times when you're finalizing them, you have to go over to that country for like three to six weeks. So, so that's actually, words. that's actually the same now for domestic. So if you oh. adopt out of the state and I'm going to probably butcher it, but it's like, I, I, I'm not even going to say it. It's international something. So you have to stay up to 21 days until you can actually leave the state with the child. Mm-hmm. So gosh, yeah, I didn't think about that for international adoption. Yeah. Like, and they, they keep you for a while. Like Russia was like six weeks and I was like, Hmm, well, I don't think I'll, that's cold. <laughs> so I'll stay in the Caribbean. Um, and, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. So we yeah, started that, started the process. We did, um, the application. We also were doing DSS locally here cause I was open to that too. You know, obviously like locally it was cheaper and you know, if that played out great, if not, we had the adoption, the international company kind of on our uh, side as well. So we had started that and then the fun part begins. So, uh, we had been married, I guess, right at three years. And this is where the gossip gets good. Uh, so he, my ex-husband was working for a different hotel at the time and was helping to open a restaurant. And basically he was in and out all the time. He was working all these hours. And I didn't think anything of it. We had each other's passwords. Like everything was just like an open book with us. Like it wasn't even like a a secret. And I was still, I was bartending weddings a couple nights a week just to have money to like travel and go do stuff. And I come home. Yes. And the phone rings. And I think that it's the hotel. (laughs) And I answer it. And it was the mistress 
and she was like I was like hello and, and she didn't really say anything and I was like hello hello and she, and she just kind of hung up when the phone hung up all the messages showed up on his phone like they had what? been texting oh, oh wait wait yeah. wait wait, wait. This, okay this is <laughs> yeah, good back up hold on <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh, so you better. answered. You answered his cell phone. Yeah, because I, I, he was passed out on the bed like asleep. Because I got home at like midnight. Thank God. So, yeah, yeah. Oh no. So I, you know, I just like I answered because I was like, oh, it probably is the hotel. You know, some sort of emergency because he had been going back and forth to the hotel all the time. And another little. This was one of those look back and be like god you're stupid uh he was spending the night in the hotel to get extra work done let's just think about that guy oh my goodness uh, <laughs> and the best thing about 2020 the hotel was 10 minutes away like why wouldn't you come home like and literally my dumb 26 year old butt was just like okay <laughs> you know like just but I if you're thinking that everything if you're thinking everything's fine in your marriage like you wouldn't have yeah. questioned it like I mean I probably no. wouldn't have either you know not at all like I was just like hmm, okay see you tomorrow okay so, uh, so you answer the phone and then you hang up and you see all the messages and then what happens <sighs> yes okay so I see the messages and I'm literally I, I almost black out at this point because I, I vaguely remember like how I handled this I remember just scrolling and reading everything and it is like I love you I'm going to leave her Amy uh, I'm gonna tell her in like a week or you know blah 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 because she was moving to Seattle and she worked at the hotel with him like she was in like marketing and he was like in the food and website with the restaurant and um, so I remember just like reading all this and I just was like I went in the closet which is like my favorite place to go obviously <laughs> you know like, and uh I, I just was going through the messages and I was just like holy crap like this this is real okay so he's still asleep by the way while I'm going through all of these messages Wait, so I start you that you didn't wake him up and you like wanted to read through everything because I feel like I wanted to like go and like literally punch him and like jump on him or you can like go and read the messages so good for well, you. Receipts. yeah yeah that's what email. I did I took pictures I took pictures of it right. and to myself because I was like if I got to use this in court like well I mean at least I was smart enough to, to do that but uh yeah so I read all the messages <laughs> No, she's like okay all right well this is fun and he still passed out on the bed and y'all to this day I don't know how I did this but I did I sat up on the bed next to him and he's passed out and I tapped him on the shoulder and I looked at him straight in the eye and I said, is there anything you want to tell me? And he's like, he looks, he's like, whoa, you know, dumbfounded. And I said, is there anything you want to tell me? And then I'd show him the phone and his face just like goes white. And I was like, okay, so this is true. This is actually happening, you know, and, and he like admits everything. And, um, yeah, so he basically moved upstairs so we had moved into this house we had built for the family we had wanted to have like this was a really big purchase like you know that was our babies were going to live upstairs and you know we had a dog and two cats i mean like we were ready to start this family we had moved in like three months ago I think so many listeners can resonate to that. I mean, we did the same thing, right? Like buying a house for your future yeah. family, especially when you're yeah. dealing with infertility. It's like such a core thing. So mm -hmm. that's even more heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, we weren't in that house three months when, when it found out. So, uh, he moved upstairs into the little bonus room and basically 10 days after I find out, he packs his car 
and pulls out of the driveway. And that is literally the last time I have seen him. Okay. And I know that sounds like a movie, but seriously, literally. I, he didn't even show up. Yeah. He did not even show up to our divorce. Like, have you ever been divorced by yourself? It's kind of fun. Like, I mean, <laughs> it was one of those where I was like, I just looked at the judge and I was like, he signed it. Just, just let's just, you know, like. <laughs> absolutely mind blown. Yeah. And like, and then you're sitting there left with all of the baggage of everything you've just done for the last four years, three miscarriages. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're on God. a waiting list with I mean, adoption. Oh, I forgot like, about that. Yeah. All of it. So it was just like, huh. and I'm in this, this house that like I was teaching at the time I was a teacher teaching high school. So my salary was nothing compared to his. So I was like, I can't afford this house on my wealth. Like it, so we had to put, I had to put it up for sale like immediately and just hope to get out, get out and move into like a smaller house and like I have the animals still. And it, I mean, it was, it was a very uh, traumatic time, but also yeah. one of those where you realize how strong you are in that moment, you know, and, uh, and how you just, you do it. I mean, as women, you know, irregardless of, fertility or not, I, I firmly believe like we're, we're so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Absolutely. And, um, but yeah, so he peaced out, moved to Seattle and, uh, I hope he yeah. somehow gets this episode. I know, right? <laughs> I, my ex sisters-in-law are on my Instagram and I was like, I'm going to have to block them. <laughs> 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 they don't see this, but to be fair, they were on my side. Everyone was on my side with that whole thing. Oh my but, gosh. But yeah, yeah I was like, into your stories. You can block them for a little bit. I literally thought that I was like, I have to make sure they can't see this because that oh, would I be have, really... I have a list of block people on my stories too. Okay. Yeah, you got to. I mean, heck. But yeah, so that basically all that happened. So I had to put a pause on the adoption stuff, obviously. And the what was it? After I moved into like a smaller house, it kind of got situated. Being divorced at twenty eight was honestly, it was one of the best times I had, as cliche as that sounds. Uh, I did a lot of therapy. I really firmly believe like with every divorce, especially if you're going through that, like go get the therapy that you need because that, the five stages of grief, like, you know, like the acceptance, denial, anger, all that stuff, you have to feel those things. And, and that also correlates with infertility too. Yeah. Um, you know, if you leave it all bottled up, it's coming out one way or another. <laughs> so... <laughs> And uh, the therapy really helped. So the nice thing about being kind of 28 is I got a second chance at life, basically. Mm -hmm. And I got to go date, and, you know, figure out more of what I wanted. And also, as far as the fertility thing, my thought process was, is, okay, I, if I can't have them, I'm just going to be straight up with the person I want to be with. If we need to go the adoption route, then we'll go the adoption route. And if he's not okay with it, then he's not my person, you know? So That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I will, like I will I say like, speaking from like somebody that is married and finding all this stuff out and then like pursuing adoption. Gosh, I wish I had those conversations when we first, you know, met because that's a huge topic and it's really a make or break topic. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it, it, we didn't with, with my ex. I mean, we, he was obviously open to it, but it was one of those, like when we were dating, like I never thought that I would have to have an adoption conversation No. or, or even an infertility conversation. I mean, you Same. just assume you know, oh, it's yeah. all going to work out. <laughs> oh yeah. Reality slaps you in the face. So, uh, but isn't that the truth? <laughs> I know it never fails. It really does. God laughs when you make a plan, you know, and yep. I'm type A as heck. So, uh, 
I'm trying to think. Let's see. So going through all the dating, all that fun stuff. Um, again, just, it was really disheartening at the time because I wanted to be married and I wanted to have the family. And I was afraid that I was going to wake up and be 35 or 36 and, and be alone and like have to go freeze my eggs or do this by myself. Because I knew at the end of the day, God was putting it on my heart that I was supposed to be a mom some way or another, whether it was adoption or fostering or having my own. Like, I mean, I firmly believe that God does not put something on your heart that he doesn't intend on fulfilling. Absolutely. Um, and that's a patience thing too, unfortunately. So a couple years into post-divorce and we're having a good time, all this stuff. And, and then I meet Lee <laughs> and, uh, so Lee is my husband now and we've been married over two years and something. And we were what I like to call a very whirlwind, uh, thing. So this is another little fun drama. So we started dating and I immediately knew very early on, I wanted to be with him for a long time. Like the man just cracks me up. Like he's, he's a Christian. He, he wanted a family. We had the same moral values. He was very open to adoption when I told him about the potential that we wouldn't be able to have kids. So this was all before anything happened too, which was great. So at least when we were surprised by the pregnancy, he, you know, was like, all right, cool. That was easy. <laughs> you know, on board from the beginning about everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and I guess also being post-divorce like with a lot of women, if y'all are listening to this, it's so important to just lay your cards out, especially late twenties, early thirties, because you don't have time for that. You know, like no one wants to play those games and it can be so exhausting mentally and physically to just not, you know, oh, sure. have, a, have a plan, you know, or at least an idea of what it is that you want out of life. Mm-hmm. So, um, Lee and I were together for a while. We ended up going down to the Caribbean for vacation, came back with a little souvenir Aww. and yeah, well, what's so crazy. And it, it was the, one of the biggest shocks ever. Um, I remember distinctly was at the gym. Kat's husband was very well possibly coaching that day. And I remember being in that workout and being like, something's wrong. Something's off. I don't know what it is. I was like, my period's due any day now. Let's just, you know. Yeah. It's probably that. Well, something told me, just go take a test. And I was laughing because I was like, you haven't taken a test in like four years. Why the heck are you doing this? You know, like, this is crazy. Uh, And then I get the test. I go home. I, I take it. Lee is asleep upstairs. And, and <laughs> basically I see the, the, the positive and I was like, Oh, no way. I was like, this is a freaking joke. I was yeah. like, there's no way, there's no way that this is what this is. And so I go upstairs and I, I look at Lee and he's like awake. He's getting ready for work. And I just, I walk in the door and I'm hyperventilating and I just look at him and I start like nodding like, yes. And didn't say anything. And he just looks at me and he goes, okay like he knew right off the bat that that's what it was and he's like are you sure and I was like well unless the Lord is trying to play with my head yet again we're it's positive so so we were all very shocked and uh basically you know waiting for that first ultrasound is also the worst because my anxiety was through the roof I mean having those three miscarriages like I was like something's gonna happen like Oh, and you can't get in earlier. You know, you can't see anything. All they see is a little blob. And, you know, we finally get to the ultrasound. Everything's fine. And so 
was a big relief. But then it's like the next hurdle is get through the first trimester. Yeah. You know, which is even also as terrifying. Then you make it to the second trimester and then you're like, oh my gosh, X, Y, Z. And I had a very high risk pregnancy with her. I had a lot of issues. And so I truly was amazed that she even made it, to be honest. Like it was, it was a really rough pregnancy. And then she comes out and everything's fine. And, and, you know, and, um, it was, I mean, it was insane. It was really one of those, like to have basically a 10 year span of thinking one thing and you're just like, okay, so this is the route we're going to go. And then Lord just throws you a curveball and you were, I mean, (laughs) so, okay. So you basically were told like unexplained infertility. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I feel like this is such a God thing too, because now you're with your, your person, right? The perfect mm-hmm. person that I feel like God was, you know, intended for you all along. And here mm-hmm. you have now this unexpected pregnancy and mm-hmm. I mean, such a blessing. And it, even it, though it's like a hard pregnancy and everything, especially going through, because I mean, I feel like regardless, after you get told you have unexplained fertility it's always going to be scary any part that you go through with fertility, mm-hmm. right? And then having those miscarriages, then every step, like you said, the two-week wait, then that first ultrasound, then the first trimester, everything is mm-hmm. nerve-wracking. Like you're always scared something's going to go wrong. Um, and then to have, and I'm not sure what you know you went through with her pregnancy, but to then have issues as well, I mean, gosh, mm-hmm. that is crazy. It was a, it was a ride and, uh, I could go into detail with all that too, but that would probably freak some people out. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, No, but, uh, you know, the, the main thing, and also my mom even says this too. She's like, God knew he was going to leave your ex-husband. She goes, that's why you didn't get pregnant. She goes, I'm convinced that's why, you know? And I was like, well, I kind of did, but I see what you're saying, you know? And she's like, well, the reason she, he knew, you know, that was the plan all along. You know, you weren't, he was not your person. And the even more ironic thing about this, y'all, he's on wife number three now, and he has a two-year-old daughter. I'm wow. So that like almost justifies that it wasn't just like him being infertile yeah. or something. Isn't that crazy? Like he was able to have a kid too. I was like, huh. Okay. Now also that being said, for those listening, uh, I'm not trying to say that if you <laughs> are not getting pregnant, you're with the wrong person. So please do not think that I'm saying that by any means. Yeah, don't uh, just all go out and get divorces, please. Yeah, like, we're yeah not please don't. That. <laughs> I highly do not recommend getting a divorce <laughs> with that means that. But no, it, it, he, you know, with him being unfaithful, obviously, that was the, the main takeaway from us not working. But it is, you know, God... God's sense of humor, I think, is is funny in this situation because of all things, like wife number three with a kid, and then I've got one, and then you know one on the way. So I don't know. It was the Lord's doing. That's all I have to say <laughs> with yeah. that. Um, just trying to think. So yeah, Libby came. Everything was okay, back to normal, and then we. I've always wanted two, at least. Ideally, I would love three, but my body can't do this anymore. So if I did a third, I would adopt side note. But, um, I was, I totally, I was like, well, we need to probably start trying because I I'm convinced Libby was a fluke. Like she had to have been a fluke. There's no way this is going to happen again. You know, like, and he was like, okay, he was on board because secondary infertility is also such a really big thing yeah. for a lot of women too. 
you know, you get pregnant once and then the next one that you want, it can take years or, you know, people have to do rounds of IVF or there. So we ended up just kind of trying and then boom, like, it was like, what the heck? Like all these years of therapy and (laughs) testing and poking and prodding and all this. And then we ended up finding out we were pregnant with our son who is due now any day. Um, Wait, so how old was your, your first then? How old was she when you guys started trying again? We, she was right after one and she'll be two in two weeks. So yeah. So it didn't take long. It it really was not y'all. I don't even know. (laughs) I mean it to me, like it's, it it just was like, (laughs) and not, not to get too personal, but how old are you now? Oh, oh yeah, you're fine. I'm so I'm 33. Yeah, so like now in your 30s, popping them out easy, right? <laughs> and like mid 20s, it was just such a process. Yeah, I was like, huh, you're not having them in your 20s when you're like allegedly the most fertile and all this other <laughs> stuff, and then your 30s when everyone says it drops. Yep. Nope, I don't know. Not for you. Uh, do I? I said not for you. <laughs> I guess not. I don't know, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, so it it really was a a long time coming because by the time all of this is done, it will have taken 10 years to get to this, to having the two kids. That and um again, infertility is, is such a tough subject because unless you've been through it, you just don't have any clue. And timing, you know, waiting on God's timing is so hard because his timeline's almost never aligned with what you want <laughs> ever. <laughs> Like, even if I had it my way, Lee and I would have had a lot more time together before we got pregnant, you know, and, but at the same time, I'm, I'm so grateful that it happened, you know, so I would never take that away. But, you know, I've tried to make timelines and set deadlines and, and then you just watch in disappointment as they, those little milestones just kind of keep <laughs> passing uh, you by. And I feel like for you, so I remember very distinctly running into you at the grocery store one day. And yes, we, I do too. We had been friends, you know, my mm-hmm. husband worked with you, everything was mm-hmm. great. And I never knew any of this about you. And I think at this point I might've had, had a couple miscarriages. I think and you did. Y'all like, are going to Mexico. Yeah. Okay. So that was actually... So that was three miscarriages and we literally, I was probably pregnant when I was talking to you and just didn't know. So we ran into each other at the grocery store and you shared basically everything you just shared um, with me. And I think like, you know, for somebody like you and probably so many other women out there, you're like, have this second life, right? Because at that point Mm -hmm. you had already gotten pregnant and had your daughter. Mm -hmm. And so for me, for you to share that with me, I was just like, wow, I had absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. I thought she just got pregnant by her boyfriend, had this amazing life. They got married, <laughs> they have this daughter and like, you know, from, mm-hmm. from outside perspective. So like, thanks for sharing that. And then also oh. just thanks for, you know, being on here and sharing it. Cause I'm sure there's so many people out there that maybe have a similar past in terms of infertility mm-hmm. and then they have kids and everything's great. And they kind of keep that really bottled up. Yeah. And it's, also interesting now because as we are all getting older and as a lot of our friends are getting married then they're having issues having kids I have so many friends that have been in that season of waiting for so long and I hate it for them because it's like you know I can only say so much only because I've been through it but then I also have gotten to the other side and so it's like you don't even want to (laughs) what's the like 
you're trying to encourage them, but you can't because you know that they're just like, Oh God, just shut up. You know, like, you know, like (laughs) you don't want to hear it. (laughs) You don't want to hear it when you're going through it. You don't. Um, and the waiting is hard and that it's the worst part And you know, God's never accidental. You know, he, everything he does has a purpose. And sometimes the weight is that God's putting you through is just to align some other pieces of the plan, or he's trying to make you into a better person. Like I think firmly, if I was a mother at 23, when all of that happened, I would have been terrible as opposed to now being older and having accomplished what I've accomplished and gone through all of that. Like I would have had no patience at 23. I probably would have been like, (laughs) well, passing it on to grandma, you know, like trying to get her to take care of it as opposed to now where, you know, I'm, I'm firmly implanted in my role. So, you know, it's just, it's, you know, in the meantime, the only thing I can say, and, and I know people hate this when I say this, but try to focus on the blessings and you have to just surrender to that process. Mm. And as much as you don't want to, <laughs> yeah. uh, the you, try, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you just, you have to try and find joy and blessings like where you are. And instead of focusing on like where you're going, just look at like where you're going. Yeah. Hold on. Focus. Instead of focusing where you're going, <laughs> look around and find kind of the things that surround you now, because even though your season is wait of waiting, it sucks. I mean, it does at the end of the day, it sucks and it's dark and stormy and you just want to like throw yourself under the covers and just be like, Meh. um, there are always good things and somewhere, some way. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, especially like, you I mean, gosh, your whole story is 10 years and you know, mm-hmm. I'm moving into the third year and like, you don't want to waste your life away either. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you want kids, you want a family, but if you're married, you do have a family and mm-hmm. you should, you know, you should invest in that and try to focus on that. But, you know, back to God's timing, like I, and when you said like it aligned you for maybe something different. So for mm-hmm. like us last year, I forget we're already in 2022, but like yeah. for us, <laughs> um, I remember in May we were discussing IVF and we're like, okay, should we do this? Should we not do it? And Josh said, let's have three months to try to conceive naturally. And Mm -hmm. if we don't, then we'll do IVF. Well, of course we get pregnant like two weeks later. And it was a, it was an immediate chemical pregnancy. We were pregnant for maybe a week. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I was like, okay, well we, that, you know, that fast forwarded IVF. Right. And so I was like, okay, now we're going to do IVF in July instead of waiting until September. So I was like, okay, well that aligned. Mm -hmm. And then when we did IVF, we got the one embryo and again, a chemical miscarriage. But to me, I'm like, okay, well maybe we only got one embryo because IVF is not for us. It's not our route. Mm -hmm. It's not what we're supposed to do. And maybe this is God's way of really fast tracking me thinking like my plan is to try IVF and try to make it work. Um, Mm -hmm. And knowing me, if I would have gotten three plus embryos, I would have absolutely transferred every last one of them. Um, So trying to look at it that way. And then, you know, with adoption too, we were like, okay, we know we want to adopt, but when is that time? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was like, okay, if this transfer fails, well, we have nothing else to transfer. So we'll Mm -hmm. apply. And the timing is just, just crazy. Oh my God. It is. It's a lot. Um, And, you know, a lot of people equate surrender to being a failure, you know, but I actually see it kind of as like a victory because when you're surrendering, you know, that's God taking control of your life. And he knows everything that's going to happen before it's going to happen. And it, 
as frustrating as it is to hear, because I can just imagine like being a listener and being like, oh my God, I've been going through this for so long. I'm so tired of hearing the same advice over and over again. The, you know, the, you, you really do just have to surrender. And in the, and in the meantime, you know, find those good things, like book a trip, go shopping, yeah. you know, like go get your nails done, go blonde in your hair. If you want to like do the things that you want to do, because eventually when God does give you that blessing, you know that, and it will happen. I firmly believe like one way or another, if he puts it on your heart, he's going to make it happen. Yeah. May not be on, it's not going to be on your timeline. It won't be, but it also, it makes you a better person. It makes you stronger. It makes you more resilient. It makes you open to other relationships with friends, family, people that you can mentor or help you know, that you've gone through those things. It gives you so. empathy. I mean, I was a very oh unempathetic person, not intentionally, <laughs> you know, not intentionally, but I just like didn't ever like have that in me. And now mm -hmm. like I hear all these stories and I'm so empathetic to all of those situations. Oh my God. Um, yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And a lot of women that are going through it when they hear your story and they get that empathy from you, like, you know, it's like a weight off their chest too, because a lot of their friends may not have gone through it or a lot of their friends have kids. And they're just kind of like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, and it's not, they know, they don't know how to handle you. They don't know how to talk to you about things. They don't know how to, you know, what can I do to make you feel better today? Or, you know, reiterate stuff. I mean, it, it really does. It makes you a better person going through it mm. as a whole well-rounded as oh, well. Absolutely. So and I feel like, everyone has like God calls you to do something with it too. Because like for us, like Kat mm -hmm. and I, especially going through embryo adoption, everything, I truly believe that we went through everything we did with our, you know, IVFs that were unsuccessful and everything to share our story. So I feel like even going through it, there's so many positives that came out of mm -hmm. it and it's all about Absolutely. your perspective too. And so I really think you know, enjoying those moments and doing those things that you still love to do is just so important to just still oh, enjoy yeah. through the hard times. Um, because ultimately, like you said, like God is going to fulfill what's on your heart if you feel called for it. So, yeah. Um, and it just, just unfortunately not on your timetable. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I, and I feel yeah. like this is too good not to share and we can edit it out because I'm too nervous, but like, um, <laughs> so what? like speaking of like timetables and everything. Um, so for us, like you were saying, Amanda, to be able to share, like for me, I had a failed IVF cycle and you know, we're not going to do IVF again. It's probably very confusing as these get aired. Like I'm going to do another egg retrieval. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do another egg retrieval, but um, I'm so thankful for having gone through that. So now I can speak to it and I can have and be a resource on the podcast to it. Um, but like you guys know, we applied for adoption December 1st, which is so exciting. Hey, and like generally- I know. And we're active. Um, and like, we went active way sooner than like the average person. Like it generally takes three months. We sped it up super quickly. Amanda's like laughing. Cause she knows what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, we sped it up super quickly. The day we found out we went active, we found out we were pregnant again. Yes! Uh, <laughs> so we might have to edit this out cause it could end at any day. But Wait, what? Yeah. So <laughs> we found out. <laughs> We found out we went, I just like, couldn't help, but like, this is such a God's timing thing. And you know, I share everything. So we'll see. I'm speechless. I'm, How many weeks are you? Not far. So we found out we went active and I had already missed my period at this point, but like, I wasn't, yeah. I'm not trying to get pregnant. So 
in January, we were supposed to do an egg retrieval. And I was like, I yeah. want to drink the wine. I want to do my workouts. Like what you were saying, joy, let's, let me just yeah. be me. Um, so again, we went active like January 22nd. I had missed my period, but I didn't like, I wasn't testing or anything. And because of IVF, everything was off. Um, I'm dying I, started, right now. <laughs> I know I started feeling really sick. And so I was like, let me just take a test. And like, it was like, so positive. And it was like 9:30 at night and like had just drank all this water. I was like, what is going on? I, we literally had found out we went active literally like four hours before. And so I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? So I went into the doctor's office the next morning and I was just expecting it because my last two pregnancies have been chemical. So I was expecting yeah. like a crap beta, like, oh, okay, it's like 30 or mm-hmm. kind of pregnant. I got it back and it was in the high 300s. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm dying. So, like, that was super exciting because now at this point, I'm past, I'm like mid four weeks pregnant. And I'm like, okay, well, I normally, I think I'm not mid, I was like four weeks in like a day or two. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is really good. Waited the 48 hours and I was like, it's definitely not going to double. It's going to be back into beta hell. It's going to be like a low again. And it came back at 10,000, well, 1,029. I was like, what is going on? So yeah, I want to cry only, right now. <laughs> I'm only five out. weeks. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm literally only five weeks pregnant right now. So this whole thing can get edited out. Hence why I waited till the very end. Um, but but we're hopeful. It's different than any beta situation we've ever had before. Um, we'll just see. I was on no supplements, doing no acupuncture, doing no prenatal. I literally Telling had like, what? I know I had two glasses of wine the, the night before, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I mean, I could go Monday and it could be a dropped beta. I just think regardless to your point, um, you know, we found out we were pregnant and when we found out we were pregnant, Josh and I both said, we still want to adopt. Mm -hmm. And that was Mm -hmm. like, so eye opening to both. It was eye opening to me from hearing Josh say that, Mm -hmm. um, just because like that, it was something that I had to kind of convince him into over the Mm -hmm. last year. Um, so now we're like doing things simultaneously. Like we're let's like, we're having calls with our adoption agency and then I'm running to the doctor's office and it's just crazy. But I think I have babies. Maybe, mm. maybe, I don't know. It's, you know, it's our, I have a good feeling about this. <laughs> it's our fantasy. So, I mean, you know, anything could happen, but of course it's just, it's just weird. It's crazy. And I, you know, I think it's I honestly believe. just a, like a testament to God's timing again, that you can like plan all these things, do all mm-hmm. the supplements like you said, like the acupuncture and everything. And truly it's out of our control. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. that we can truly do that can make it happen. Like it is all Mm -hmm. up to God. And so I think that just shows it so much, whether it, you know, ends differently than we hope it does, or it's the best thing that ever happened. You know what I mean? Like it's still all up to God. And I think that's where our faith is so important and just Mm -hmm. relying on him and trusting in him and his process and everything. So, oh my gosh, Kat, I'm so excited for you. I feel like I we're going to listen to this back and I'm like rambling. Cause I was like, do I say it? Do I not say it? I don't know. Yeah, and then everything Elle kept saying, I was like, ah, oh, this is the best time to say it. And I want to go back to when you said surrendering it to him, mm-hmm. I will say my first six pregnancies, right? You get your beta and you're waiting and you're mm-hmm. like, please be this number. I pray like, come on, please be this. And mm-hmm. my prayers truly have been 
I'm surrendering this to you. I want mm -hmm. the result to be whatever it's supposed to be. If oh, it's supposed to come back and it's supposed to be a chemical pregnancy, it's just going to like have my, you know, faith like, okay, I'm really should be doing adoption. But you know, if this is something that should come back high, like make it come back so high that I really just have like a lot of hope in it. And it's yeah. just, it's changed my faith. Mm -hmm. It's changed my prayer life. It's changed my entire relationship with Christ. So I don't know. That was a lot, but oh my God. <laughs> actually, Kat, I have a question for you just going off of that, like that shift in just even that prayer that you said, like mm -hmm. you, how does, how does that make you feel? Like, are you like, I know when you like say you want something like a certain number or whatever, you have that expectation over it. And then it's so devastating when you don't have that. So now, like you said, surrendering it, like, are you so much more at peace when you get those results? Like, I'm just, I mean, for listeners, I feel like that's a huge thing too, just surrendering that. Cause then you have this peace that you didn't have before. Yeah. And so for me, I think there's like multifacets, right? Like one, I'm so guarded because I've had bad news six times in a row. Yeah. Um, the second piece is absolutely. I've had zero expectations with the doctor's appointments. You know, I go in and I'm like, God, whatever it's supposed to be, let it be that. And mm -hmm. when I get the news, I'm like, oh my gosh. And you know, the other thing too is being able to celebrate these moments and, and have him at the center of it. Like, mm -hmm. wow, he handcrafted this pregnancy in my body and women, you know, faith or not, if you haven't been through loss and you get pregnant you have a baby, you're like, Oh, cool. Well, everybody has babies, but going through this and understanding how much of a miracle it is and how it mm -hmm. really is a creation through God. Like it's just, I mean, yeah, it definitely makes the weight easier, even though it's not easy at all. Yeah. Um, but just knowing, you know, you know, God's timing, God's plan for you, whatever's meant to be is supposed to happen. And if for us, we're supposed to have two little infants at the same time, then like, wow, what a testimony that's going to be. And if not, then it wasn't supposed to happen. So, you know, it's, it's definitely hard. <laughs> it's definitely hard. You know, like you were saying at the beginning of the episode, I have at least another week to have an mm -hmm. ultrasound, which is like the telltale sign. Um, yeah. But just trying to sit in faith and just know, you know, God has our best interest. You know, his, his goal is for hope for us for a future. So I don't know. I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I'm like, it's, oh, I'm almost shaking right now. Like, what the heck? What a testimony. I mean, truly, even just everything that I said and then everything that's going on with you, like. Yeah, I know. Oh. And maybe maybe we won't publish this because it'll probably be a couple more weeks. But I mean, how amazing, you know, it would just. I think it's great. And I've told a few people and it's so interesting. Like the people I've told, they're like, well, can you get your money back for adoption? It's like the first thing that comes out of their oh. mouth. And I'm like, you, you guys have to understand, like, I wasn't just saying like, oh, if we get pregnant, we're still going to yeah. adopt. Like an adoption's mm -hmm. not a second choice either. It's, you know, no. it's, this is, and what you were saying too, Elle, like, well, if we're going to have a third, it's going to be through adoption. I feel mm -hmm. like when you feel called to adopt or have that desire on your heart, like it's really there regardless if you have biological children or not. So that's been a little eye opening to me. Like those have been like the, some of the first questions that sh get shot back. And I'm like, wait, no, we're definitely continuing to pursue adoption for so many reasons. It's not your backup plan. And I know no. people mm -mm. assume if you're going through fertility issues, they then think if you're doing adoption, it's your backup plan. And so like mm -hmm. you said, if you feel called for it, it's not a backup plan. Like God put that on your heart for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah, I and you know, agree. yeah, like infertility may have brought me there, but it's not the reason I stay there. So yeah. 
It's just anyways, total tangent, but <laughs> no, I, love I love tangents. Tangents. Um, so did we have, I mean, I, we are so slack. We forgot to post you on the Instagram. So you had no questions. <laughs> You're good. At least my sister's along, ex-sister law didn't figure any of this out. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I think you shared so many great tips and just advice and your testimony in itself is, was such a story. So thanks so much for being on with us. We appreciate well, it. Thank y'all for having no, me. I, feel, I was wondering, I was like, I'm not a medical person. I'm not acupuncture. I was like, oh, I hope that this can bring something to some of your listeners, you know, that, uh, can encourage or, or inspire, or, you know, any sort of thing like that. Cause absolutely I mean, it did. Yeah. This, no. Especially with 2022 and COVID. I mean, like Lord y'all, everyone needs some happy something. <laughs> well, thanks so much. We